Welcome to Conversations. And now, from Los Angeles, here is your host, Mike Dowler. Thank you, Sean, from Los Angeles. I'm Mike Dowler, and this is Conversations Radio. Happy springtime, by the way. Man, a gorgeous day in Southern California. My co-host, as well, can attest to that. We'll talk to her in just one second. It is Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. I'm Mike Dowler, and this is Conversations Radio. We're talking episode 95. Tonight's guest is going to be Ella West Jerrier. She is a young filmmaker from Dallas-Fort Worth, actress as well, a dancer since two, and you may know her as uh, Rachel in Terror in the Woods. So scary. I, um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> wow. Um, um, and a, a, a standout actress, a standout filmmaker who's getting nods at film festivals everywhere. We'll be talking to her shortly. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at Conversations Radio. On Twitter, we're at Converse Radio. That's like the shoe without the E, at Converse Radio. And on Facebook, we're simply Conversations, the podcast. If you like what you hear, or even if you don't, let me know. ConversationsPod at gmail.com. All 94 episodes, soon to be 95 episodes, are on Apple Podcasts. So you can go to the iTunes store and search Conversations Radio and voila. They're all right there, tucked in quite nicely. I want to thank our guest from uh, two weeks ago, Katia Ojeda. She's an actress and filmmaker as well. And uh, she joined uh, myself and Abby Donnelly for episode 94, talking all about her work in Just Add Magic as well as Malibu Rescue and her independent film, which is a feature on, I believe it's on Amazon now, called uh, Closure. It's a dark comedy, so to speak. Uh, you can go to katiaojeda.com. That's uh, C-A-T-I-A-O-J-E-D-A.com. And that podcast is online, as well as on our website, conversationspod.wix.com slash conversations. You know what? Things are looking good here in California. Our numbers, apparently, according to uh, our governor, uh, numbers are down. We're looking pretty good here, uh, COVID-wise. I'm feeling great, but uh, we're doing good. Don't put your guard down. Keep wearing that mask, and uh, social distancing is great. That being said, restaurants, fantastic. Good to go to Cheesecake Factory and, uh, and eat, and movies are opening up as well. Sporting events. Missing concerts, not quite there yet, but uh, we're getting close. And uh, again, because we um, kind of all want to get there, and we need to uh, do what we have to do to, you know, to stay safe. And so far, um, yeah. If you're able to, get the vaccine. I'm going to get mine soon. I'm going for the uh, Johnson & Johnson. That's the one-off shot. So you, it's one shot and you're done. Um, I've been very careful this last year, and uh, it's great that things are kind of uh, getting a little easier for everyone. Stay safe, and um, man, we're, we're, get, we're getting there. We've come a long way since this time last year, for sure. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just dive right in, headfirst. My co-host tonight, uh, she's a UK gal. She has uh, been on the show as a, as a guest and as a co-host multiple times. Absolutely amazing actress and filmmaker. Isabella Blake-Thomas hails from the UK, came to L.A., I want to say almost a decade, decade ago, and never looked back. And every time I talk to her, she's got something new in her life, and uh, it's always very exciting. 
Her mom is Elizabeth Blake Thomas, uh, also a filmmaker, and they've collaborated on some phenomenal films. And uh, she has worked with everyone, got her start in the, the Green Balloon Club many years ago, and that's an English shot children's show. Really cute. She still had her lisp. There's no lisp anymore. You recently saw her as January on Disney Plus's Secret Society of Second-Born Royals. And I can't really um, be a spoiler on that because the, the way it ended was not what I expected, but all the same, a great production. Uh, IsabellaBlakeThomas.com is her website. She's also on IMDb, and you can now follow her on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere. I want to say hi to returning co-host Isabella Blake Thomas. Bella! Hey, Mike. How's it going? I am well. You're on the boat, I understand. I am indeed floating, floating away, although not quite away. I'm, I'm still in the harbor. I'm just floating. It, it kind of bobs up and down, right? A little bit, a little bit. We're, we're tied tightly enough to the dock that we don't move too much, thank goodness. But uh, there's definitely a bit of rocking to sleep. But you've never taken it out on the open water because they never go out on the river? No, we don't know how to drive the boat. How hard can it be? Oh, it's so difficult. You think, yeah. Because it, because there's no traction, oh. like, like in a car, it's impossible to sort of control. You have to predict that you're going to drift a little bit. There's there's so many different things you have to consider. There's the wind, there's the water, there's storms that might happen. There's problems with the engine that might happen. You have to just sort of predict everything. And so we'd rather stay in the harbor. It is a sailboat, right? No, it's a powerboat. Powerboat, okay, great. So, uh, well, great. Mm -hmm. Well, making your way again, every time I talk to you, like I mentioned at the intro, you're always doing stuff. And uh, your latest your latest venture <laughs> was January in Secret Society of Secondborn Royals. We talked about this uh, last time you were on. And even before when you were filming this in Toronto, man, amazing, amazing show, amazing feature. I know it was it was such an incredible opportunity for me to work with Disney. It was released September 25th, 2020. And uh, it's crazy to me that it's already it's already been almost two years since I filmed it because wow. it's just gone so quickly. But I was fortunate enough to be able to play January and bring this character off the page and onto the screen. And I related to her so much in so many ways that I just fell in love with her straight away. As soon as I read the script, I said, I want to be January. I am January. And I was lucky that Anna Mastro and Disney gave me the chance to to be her. And I, I hope I did her justice. A great cast, by the way. And you definitely made the role your own. Amazing. Oh, thank you. Amazing. And the uniforms and all that stuff. And yeah, it was uh, quite exciting. This is the props. And uh, you guys you guys filmed this before COVID. So you got in under the wire. We did. We, we filmed it. Uh, we filmed it in in uh in 2019 so it was pre even the thought of covid in all honesty before it even existed and uh and so it's a weird ride to think that back then we had no idea that this was going to be happening and you've got other stuff pending can you talk about or no yes so since uh since that actually since 2020 i'll say well since actually end of 2019 i shot a movie uh called evie rose that uh that was with me and the star Terry Moore, who was an old Hollywood actress, incredibly talented, very fortunate to be able to work with her. So I shot that with her at the end of 2019. And then in 2020, I was able to shoot uh, two projects, one pre-COVID and one during COVID. The one pre-COVID is currently called Deathlink, I believed. I was able, to, it's a horror movie. I was able to work with uh, the comedian Matt Reif, 
uh, oh, yeah. uh, Australian actress Ali Simpson, incredible actress called uh, Elise Luthman, Luthman, I'm not sure how to say her last name, uh, yeah. Jessica Belkin, oh, Riker Lynch as well, who I worked with on another project. It was a, a fantastic cast that uh, I really enjoyed, enjoyed working with. And we all kind of started COVID together because we were one of the last productions to finish up shooting in LA. So that was pre-COVID. And then during COVID at Christmas, I actually shot an indie feature uh, that was from a producer that I've worked with before. And it was a Christmas movie, but sort of more inspired by real life, not so romanticized, but more what real life experiences are. So I love doing that. Got to play a bit of an older character, early 20s, which was a first for me. Yeah. But uh, it was definitely interesting to kind of bring my own experiences into a character. And I, and I hope I did her justice as well. And so far, the writer, who's also a producer, says that it looks good. So fingers crossed. Your mum is still making movies, obviously. She is indeed. We have mother and daughter entertainment together. And uh, we're actually, I'm pitching things uh, next week, pitching a couple of projects to some people. And, uh, and what else? We just had some very exciting news about one of our scripts, which I can't share, but it's very exciting. And uh, what else are we working on? We already have our 2021 slate, which has got everything from documentaries to screenplays. It covers features, TV shows, all genres across all boards. And we are busy pitching and making things. Well, that is amazing. And you guys have a podcast now. Now, tell me about the podcast. We do. So my mum created uh, the podcast Filmmaking Without Fear, and her first season was last year. And we just did the second season uh, kind of Christmas, and it's, it's being released at the moment. So that one is called Storytelling Without Fear. And uh, and then we have the, the last season, which hasn't been recorded yet. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure what the name is, so I'm not going to get it wrong. But it's something without fear. Uh, to kind of stick with the theme and uh, that will be out when that's recorded as well that's so good and i wanted i've wanted you to do a podcast for a long long time because you always have such a wonderful wonderful stories it is it's it is like it's a good drug i mean it gets you through and certainly it's it's entertaining as well oh yeah it's fun it's fun and you know you you, mine i've been doing mine for uh conversations radio for the last five years on this format and then two years before that we were doing it um under next breaking radio and I'll go through and I'll like edit stuff because I, I take out like noise and um, ums and ahs and excess noise and stuff. And it's kind of hard to appreciate it when you're editing it because it's because 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 each podcast has a beginning, middle, and an end. But when you when you, when you hear it when it plays through, it's they're like, hey, they're pretty good, you know. <laughs> the best thing is is you can listen to a podcast on the go. True. And most True. I've fo- just started re-listening to audiobooks again, which has been fun. Isn't that I've great? just downloaded a bunch of them off Audible. Uh, I'm listening to one about being vegan at the moment called The Joyful Vegan, which is absolutely fascinating. And then I'm going to be listening to my next one called Think Again by Adam Grant, which uh, my best friend's dad suggested okay. me to listen to. So I'm very excited about that. Are you Are you a vegan? Uh, I am almost completely plant-based, yes. Wow. Okay. So the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, Impossible Burger is on your menu? Oh, so good. Really? You know, I've not eaten. I've been vegetarian slash pescatarian since I was eight. So that's been off the off the table. But the uh, the byproducts, I'm still kind of working out. For example, eggs or when yeah. like milk or butter is used to cook in something when I'm out at a restaurant. But my house currently, the boat is completely plant based. Um, do you still hate pickles? Oh, completely. They're disgusting. <laughs> Uh, what do you call them uh, again? Groffles? Groffles? We call them gherkins. Gherkins. 
gherkins. I like they that. are gherkins in England. They are nasty. I can't stand them. I'd rather just eat a cucumber. Well, my <laughs> my guest tonight, again, thank you so much for coming on. And my guest tonight is chomping out the bit, the chat. And I'm getting messages here as I talk. Um, this one comes from Studio 7 Performance. We are so proud of Ella. She is going to be a star. And she is a star. Ella West Jerrier is an actress. She is a filmmaker and a dancer, an award-winning dancer and an award-winning filmmaker. She has uh, written, directed, shot, and starred in a couple uh, short films that have been noticed on film festivals everywhere. And Isabella, I know you know that feeling when uh, films get noticed because it's happened to you guys. Yes, it's a very exciting feeling, especially I feel like when as a young person we're we're often looked down on for our abilities and our skills and our knowledge so when when there is recognition from an adult it's 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 very validating for a young filmmaker it's wonderful and again uh indie films and short films are the little films that can and they do and they are a joy to watch no matter what length they are uh and they're always very cerebral in the in the sense that it makes you think and they've got a message. And Ella's um, films have that. Uh, they're very, very poignant and uh, very, very um, thoughtful. And again, they make you think about stuff. So it's uh, it's great. She is an actress. She uh, recently, well, in 2018, she was in a movie called Terror in the Woods, loosely based on the um, the uh, sta- some stabbings in Wisconsin that happened. Uh, and a little, little twist on that. And... Uh, with some undertones of bullying and and mental health and, and things like that. But uh, she started as Rachel in that, and I watched the trailer and some clips, and it's really, really heavy. Well, let me bring her in. I want to say hi to, uh, from uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, that's right, Texas. God bless Texas. Ella West Cherrier. Hey, Ella. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, glad to have you on here. And again, we're, uh, Terror in the Woods was uh, what a phenomenal opportunity for you and you think lifetime you think really like you know sappy christmas movies and love stories and you know dad's moving out and they fall in love at the end but this was very different this was a different kind of lifetime movie uh, again it had a lot of um, undertones of uh of bullying and uh, mental health well-being things but what an opportunity for you at i think you were 12 years old when you shot this how do you come away from something like that because i mean it was it was heavy and your preparation was how long were you prepping for that yeah, well, that was crazy because I remember originally my mom didn't even want me to tape for it. She's like, this is crazy. You were 11 years old. You are not doing this. But then we were like, you know what? We're probably never going to hear anything back. We might as well tape. So I taped for one character. Then they were like, oh, my gosh, we love you. Can you come in for a callback for another character? And so I did that. Then they gave me like 10 minutes. They're like, we're going to switch your character. So thankfully, I had researched all of the characters and had done preparation for each of them. So I sort of knew who they were going in. So the audition process was crazy, but I mean, the script was amazing. And so I was very excited. It took a lot of research, you know, that was my first real thing as an actress. And so I was very sort of nervous, but I think we did justice to the story. And thankfully I had such amazing co-stars and Frankly, my director and cinematographer were amazing. I still get to talk to them. And I really just am so thankful I got the opportunity. I'm still friends with everybody I worked on. But it took 
it took a while to come down from that because that's a very sort of heavy topic for a 12 year old to be doing every day to spend eight hours on set being a character that's sort of going through a lot and talking about very deep things so you know I had a little bit of a wind down like situation yeah. at night where I'd watch the office and eat a right. coconut popsicle so oh, yeah. that well, helped and we'll talk about the office as well because I'm a huge fan as well but let me ask you this now uh based loosely on the slender man stabbings that happened in Wisconsin but um terror in the woods took a different kind of uh angle yeah, well, it really more focused on how they got to the point of the stabbing. It wasn't so centered around the actual event. It was sort of what led to it, like the bullying and the mental health aspect and like sort of what tense situation could make two very innocent 12-year-old girls do something so scary and unimaginable. So I think it really talks about how impressionable kids are and how you know we have so much access to internet these days we can see anything and i think no other generation has lived through this so it's something new we're still figuring out and so i think it was brought really great awareness to a lot of topics regarding the the mental health thing because as someone so so young and and i know i can say this because i am also young how were you able to to pull uh, either your own life experiences or other people's experiences or research you'd done into a character that was experiencing things to do with mental health because I know the levels of, uh, of mental health struggles is obviously different when you're younger uh, and so I'm just curious how how were you able to do that what was that like for you yeah I lived in pretty much a bubble up until then so I wasn't super aware of that but my character wasn't uh my co-star was actually the one that had to deal with the schizophrenia and so we both talked to um, like mental health and therapist and we learned like what's appropriate and we don't want to do anything wrong or, you know, bring sort of a bad light to anything. So we tried to bring a very honest and truthful experience to it. And there are a lot of things we all sort of experienced. So we tried to bring that in, but it was really bringing justice to the script and research. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, how long did it take to shoot that? It took um, maybe a month and a half. Wow. We, Yeah, we were out in Atlanta. Beautiful. We stayed in this like gorgeous loft with like, mini golf and everything. It was so fun. Atlanta is so beautiful. It is. We shot in the woods a lot, which was fun. That punch you threw in the, in the cafeteria, that was fantastic. I mean, that scared me. This really was your first professional acting role, wasn't it? Yeah, I had really been more of a dancer and like musical theater and that sort of led into acting. And so at the time I was doing a bunch of auditions, but I really wasn't that experienced. So, oh my gosh, thinking back on it now, I feel like crazy, but I thought we were just going to show up and there'll be two people on set. I thought it was going to be a director and someone holding a camera. I was so wrong. And no. so it was sort of crazy, but such an amazing experience. Even the smallest films have way too many people and now obviously with covid isabella that's changed quite a bit definitely being on set the amount of people we we're allowed in in different areas is is completely changed i mean we have to have zone a zone b and then there's the outside world and you have wristbands and you're only allowed to be in in one place like with the actors on set you have to filter in makeup then you're allowed wardrobe then you're allowed 
maybe set department, but you have to walk the actors off first and you have your face shields and masks on until the last minute. And uh, it's, it's, it's such a different world. I mean, we shot, I wasn't acting in this, but uh, my production company, we shot a movie in November called Will You Be My Quarantine, starring Jodie Sweetin, David Lipper, and uh, oh, yeah. Alec Mather and Danielle Perez. Oh, wow. And uh, fantastic cast, but it was, uh, it was interesting because it's the first thing we'd shot during COVID. And so we'd been able to to learn all of these things about COVID and living in a life of COVID, but filming on set is completely different. It's a completely different story. And so we had to, to follow the SAG rules and navigate that world, but also find what worked for us specifically for that set. And I am proud to say, as first AD and uh, producer on that, that nobody came off set with COVID. So I think we did quite well. And even Crafty's different now, I understand. Oh, yes. Everything's individually wrapped. Yeah. Uh, and even then, a lot of the time we say, if you have specialized snacks, please bring them for yourself. Because obviously it's dependent on the budget, but so much right. you have to now set aside a COVID protocol budget for your shoot. And again, I'm sure for Terror in the Woods, some great crafty. Oh, yeah. We had <laughs> so much delicious food. I remember we'd like shoot to like 3 a.m. for some of those night things. And I just remember like snacking at that craft table and then being like, you have to eat something healthy. But I was excited. The snacking's the most dangerous part about being on set, I swear. As you get older as well, it still gets more and more dangerous because you're realizing, well, if I just eat this pot of Nutella, nothing's going to happen. If I eat five bagels, it's going to be fine. And you're like, why do I feel so sick? I know. Our pantries aren't as good as, like, the delicious craft table. And I know, and everything gets replenished. (laughs) They just keep coming. And, and you're a filmmaker too, and so obviously Crafty is part of that equation as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Terror in the Woods, that's on Lifetime. I'm sure it's still available to watch. And But you had done some commercials as well before that, right? Yeah, I had done a few of those commercials around Texas and things like that. I was really fortunate. So let's backtrack. You are from Dallas, Texas. Yep, born and raised. And again, uh, Texas barbecue, amazing. It's so good. I... I remember having barbecue from not from Texas for the first time, and I was like, "What is this?" It's a little different, <laughs> yeah, a little different for sure. The um, I've got family in the Houston area, and um, and we've been to some been there several times. We do the train, which is a great trip, and uh, yeah, the barbecue there is just it's uh, phenomenal. Barbecue mm-hmm. and fireworks, it's like they're obsessed with that in Texas. <laughs> it's fun. Texas stuff. for sure. Yeah, for sure. But you're in Dallas, so again, Dallas, uh, you're, I guess, you know, Plano and Frisco and all those areas. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's a huge, huge area. You started dancing at two, and uh, you remember you remember that far back? That's a yeah, long time I actually, ago. I remember a few classes. I remember I loved dancing, and I hated sports. I remember... My parents used to drag me from dance to soccer, and I remember I'd just sit on the field or do cartwheels. Like, I always knew I was an artist from the very beginning. Oh, and by the way, a happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Happy belated birthday. She just turned 15. She is uh, well on her way to uh, to 16, then 18, then 21, then, yeah. It goes. Uh, it ah, goes, don't even uh, it say goes it. quick. So enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. But again, you did the dancing thing, and you've been dancing for for quite some time. Uh, uh, Isabella, dancer, yes. 
Me? No, actually. Well, when I was very little, I did uh, ballet classes, but uh, I never went on to, to do it as a, as a hobby. I actually, my thing became aerial arts, which is silks and trapeze and, and the things you see in circus, Cirque du Soleil and in all the circus kind of like videos that you see online. So that sort of became my version of dance. I just sort of called it dance in the air. But uh, I never, I never really danced on the ground. Would you, uh, um, Bella? Question: Would you do, would you do a stunt work at all? Would you think about that? You thought about doing stunt work? Stunt work? Oh, yeah. I love doing stunt work. Okay. I was lucky with Secret Society to be able to to, to get to do uh, a handful of my own stunts. Obviously, for safety reasons, I had a fantastic stunt double who made me look very cool in things. <laughs> but there are certain shots, like where I'm sitting at the bottom of the pool, and that was that was me sitting there. Uh, I was swimming the lengths and diving down, and that's kind of I was able. to, Oh, I got to hang from the ceiling at one point in Secret Society by my nice. ankles, and that was that was that was very entertaining. So uh, I definitely got hooked up to some harnesses while I was on set. So I definitely, yes, I love doing that work. Got a lot of cardio as well, I would think, in that pool for sure. <laughs> exactly. So Ella, you, uh, you again, the dancing has been a thing for you ever ever since too. And you, it's today, it's you, I, today you messaged me you were doing some dance stuff, so. Um, you've competed with multiple, I guess, other like dance companies and what, and you've won awards and performed all over the world, or all over the country, rather. Yeah, dance has just been a part of my life. You know, I started competition very early. I think when I was like five years old, I was on a competition team. And then when I was like seven, maybe, I or maybe even six, I danced for the Dallas Stars and the oh, Mavericks, wow. which was an amazing I can't believe I got to do that when I was so young. That's great. Awesome. Um, any singing on the way? You did a video, right? Yeah. I uh, At my school, actually, at Studio 7, they do this great music video camp in the summer where you get to go to their great recording studio and you get to film like a professional music video. So that's been really great. I, I really like singing musical theater. So I get to okay. do a lot of that singing stuff up in New York for intensives and things. And New York's coming back as well. So I know it's, it's been rough with the... the, the Thank the, goodness. I, yes. I miss theater. I miss it a lot. It's Oh, been, I miss New York so much. I miss just walking everywhere. Yeah, I... I know. I miss public transport in New York. Mm-hmm. Well, just just be careful. That's all. <laughs> um, the um, yeah. Again, I've told a story before. I've got I've got some friends in New York that uh, own a, a wholesale produce company, and um, most of their customers were restaurants on Broadway, and uh, yeah. it really affected them. I mean, their business uh, immensely. They went from like twenty five trucks to five. So I mean, it was, it was oh, wow. really it's rough. So again, COVID not only affected those on stage, but a lot of behind the scene people as well. The the grips and the costumers and and the ticket yes. sellers and you know all that, so it's good to see this coming back and it's going to be amazing uh, when it does. Um, yeah, we'll all appreciate theater so much when we go back. I think we'll really give everybody on there like the respect they really deserve. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and stop down, guys. I, I agree. Go I normally go and go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, you guys. Right. Oh, go ahead, Bizzle. Go ahead, Bella. Oh, thank you. I was going to say that uh what i normally do at christmas with my mom is we normally go and see a show at the pantages in hollywood yes. and so we weren't able to do that last year and so it was the first year in a while that we've not actually been able to to do our normal christmas celebrations and it was very surreal seeing everything closed what have you seen at the pantages bella just just curious what have you seen there uh i've seen finding 
Neverland. I've seen Wicked. I've seen uh, Josephine's Technical Dreamcoat. I've seen... What else have I seen? I've seen... I've seen The Colour Purple. Wow. I've seen... A few other things as well. Pretty much everything that's been at the Pantages since I've moved to LA, I've pretty much seen. (laughs) So I haven't seen those. And again, it's just a conversation. Don't shoot me. I'm going for the little bunny bunny trail here. Um, I saw West Side Story there, which was fantastic. This was several years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw, what else? Um, uh, Legally Blonde. And we saw... um, Love Legally Blonde. Oh, it was amazing. (laughs) And Fiddler on the Roof. And the story on that was... Oh, fantastic. uh, You know the movie, uh, Topol is the actor that plays Tevia in the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, Topol was there for that performance. He played Tevia on stage. So it was absolutely amazing. It was magical. Um, oh, yeah. and beautiful. West, I bet it was. And again, West Side Story as well. It was just um, just phenomenal. So um, Pantages, I miss it too. You're, like you said, it's, it's, I miss going to concerts and plays and musicals and all of that. Um, let, yeah. me go, let me go ahead and stop down just one second, guys. This is Conversations Radio, episode 95. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at conversations radio and we're live tonight from los angeles our guest is the wonderful ella west jerry's jerry airs let me again post-production ella west jerry air and my co-host the wonderful lovely amazing i think that's it i think that's it i'm isabella blake thomas again thanks for tuning in and uh, i want to talk about uh, your filmmaking abilities um this is something you've wanted to do for quite some time ella and most of it was born out of the reason basically because with covid not a lot of auditions going on a lot of shooting so you decided to make movies on your own is that right yeah well i've always been a creator you know telling stories whether it was like writing dancing acting that was always what i wanted to do and you know a lot of stuff just sort of stopped after covid and i remember i was like I don't think I can just sit here and wait. So I started writing and, you know, I had an acting teacher, Catherine Sullivan. She gave me that little push I needed because I was, it's a, scary at first when you don't really know what you're doing, but it's just really instinct, I think. And I'm so happy I did it because I just found a love for it. And like, I want to do it the rest of my life. And these are short films, which is great. They're indie films. So you're doing a lot uh, your own. I mean, you're 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 camera person. You're 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 doing the prediction. You're writing the scripts, and you're in a few of them as well. Um, the waiting room, amazing, rave reviews from festivals everywhere, and during the process. Yeah, all, I love that concept. Yeah, it's great. And during the uh, during the the process of all of this, you formed Girl Boss Films. Wow. Congratulations on that. And again, the uh, the logo and the artwork, um, yeah, it's it just it's totally you. It speaks volumes. Uh, and you, you gave it that name for a reason. Uh, you're making films to inspire other young women as well. Yeah, for sure. Like, I actually just heard a crazy stat, if you wouldn't mind me sharing. Go ahead. In 92 years of the Academy Awards, um, only two women have won Golden Globes for director, and I believe only one woman has won an Oscar for directing. Okay, stop right so, there. Isabella, uh, Isabella, you want to take a guess who, the, who those are? 
Oh, now you're testing my knowledge. Oh dear. <laughs> um, two for Golden Globes and one for Academy. When was the Academy Award one? When was that one? When was the Oscar? That was more recently, right? I'm not being stupid. <laughs> I don't I'm, know off the top of my head. Enlighten me. Who are they? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Uh, can I say uh, Sofia Coppola? Is that one? I think that's one. I think it's Sophia, and I think the Golden Globe was Chloe. Oh, I can't pronounce her last name. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> I know their faces. But you said, but the, but the bottom line is only two in the last 92 years of one. Yeah, and it's just, wow. it's really crazy because there are so many women interested in film, and things are really getting better. You can see that with like how things are moving today, like Babysitter's Club on Netflix, they've got so many great female directors. Um, the Mandalorian, they've got a couple of female directors directing episodes. And then you've got like Black Widow directed by females. It's, it's all, things are like really getting better, but it's all still shocking. Cause for a while I was in this like film class and it was like, we started studying a bunch of filmmakers and all those sort of famous ones were all men. And so we were like, that's so funny because we know there are so many great female filmmakers out there. So Absolutely. just wanted yeah. to inspire others to, you know, anybody can do it, you know, and really. My, uh, my best, my best friend who's listening right now just texted me saying that the people of Barbara Streisand and Chloe, I think I pronounced her last name Zhao. It's spelled Z-H-A-F-H-O. Oh, Those were the two people. That's right. <laughs> well, and, and who's your friend? Uh, Gavin Lewis. Gabby, thank you so much. Appreciate the, uh, she's fact-checking the show. That's good. Very, very good. Well, you know, and again, I'm you're- going, I'm just going to correct you. I'm just going to correct you, like Gavin Lewis. Gavin Lewis. Oh, yes, Gavin. Okay, great. And again, yeah. your mom, um, Bella, I mean, certainly she's inspired as well by uh, by that, too. I mean- A hundred percent. She's she's one of the most creative people, uh, creative people I think I've worked with just based on the fact that she is always learning things and always spouting knowledge that just amazes me. And I, I was talking to someone the other day and just saying how the knowledge that she's retained in the the years that she's been directing and, and making films is just unbelievable to me because she really, she just learns everything she can and, and uh, I look up to her in every way. So Ella West, when you're coming up with ideas for, for movies, What comes first? Is it the script? Is it a story idea? Is it characters? How does it work out for you? Yeah, I guess it depends on the project. Like, my first one was sort of inspired by a true story about one of my friends and my own sort of, like, experience in dance. And then my uh, other one, The Waiting Room, I was just walking around at Barnes and Noble, and I was like, I should do another short film. And I saw a book, and I was like, what if somebody fell into a book? And then... I start trying to put plot points. I'll be like, she falls in, this happens. How does she get out? Oh, here's how I want to end it. And then it just sort of evolves and you cut things and you sort of just dream with the story. I actually will scooter in a circle in my backyard for hours and work huh. it out of my head. Wow. That's just, I guess it's the repetitive motion, but no. I, it just, that's how my brain works. And you, and you casted this yourself as well. How'd you choose your cast? Well, a lot of my cast are actually my friends, and a lot of the characters were written for them. You know, 
um, one of my best friends uh, gets typecast a lot. She's blonde, and so like her character is very inspired off of that. So she was excited to get to play like the breaking the stereotype and. And then my next one I just did that's an editing right now uh, was the first time I casted people I didn't know. And so casting was so stressful because I was like, all these actresses are so great. You know, it was hard to pick, but, you know, you learn as you go. And as you know, being an actress, there are sometimes more no's than there are yeses. So you were in a situation where you had to, you had to choose your cast. And um, that can be kind of difficult if you haven't done it before. As far as yeah, not so hard feelings and stuff. When yeah. you know, when you know how hard it is to hear a no, it's like super hard. But it's like I'm honestly just not saying no. I'm just saying maybe not for this one. I'm keeping all of those people in mind that audition. So it's never really a no, you know. That is, that yeah. I remember the, the first project that that we were casting. Uh, that weren't people that we directly were, were offering to. And it was it's that feeling of, but I like them all. Why can't I have them all? Because you feel, especially as an actor, you always feel so terrible because, like you said, you know the feeling of a no. You know the feeling of not getting an answer back. And it's always heartbreaking. But uh, I, I do have a question for you. What's the biggest thing you've learned from starting to make films? I think being flexible I've always been one that likes a schedule and I like, you know, having mm -hmm. a plan, but everything goes wrong when you make a film. That's just the way it is. <laughs> Learning to embrace chaos and like expect and love it has been so amazing. Like I remember in my first shoot, um, the person that's supposed to be our teacher just didn't show up. We didn't hear from them. And Ooh. I was, oh my goodness, we only have this room for a day. We have to get it done. So the main character, Lauren Newsham's mother, had to do it. And so this teacher's like yelling at her own daughter and it was hilarious. And she turned out to be amazing. And now we use her in like all of my projects. So everything worked out. So your scout- you're, Everything does work out for the best. So you're, It always does. You're writing the scripts, you're casting, you're scouting locations. Then you gotta fix, you gotta figure out wardrobe. This is a lot of work. Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff you don't think about, like set dressing and, you know, actors and wardrobe and hair and makeup and parents and crafty and, and budgets. how you get in there and how are you going to pay for it all? How are you going to get everybody's schedule to line up? How are you, you know, there are so many things that you don't think about it, especially when you're doing it all yourself. Like I'm sure on a real production, there are. That's why there's so many jobs in filmmaking. And so, you know, sort of doing it all myself, which has been, I think, a really great experience. And if, and how are you financing for the most part? Um, A lot of it's birthday money. And oh. I'm so lucky that my parents are on board with this. And they've been so incredible. They are my producers. So, you know. Your dad's kind of an expert at pizza, I understand. Yeah, he's like... He's so funny. I think if he had known about filmmaking when he, I think I get it from him because he'll tell me stories about he used to make stop motion movies with cities and dinosaurs. Oh, wow. And so I think I get it from him. So I'm so lucky he understands my passion and always helps me. Same with my mother. She's great at organizing. So you're kind of, you're kind of inspiring them as well, but you're doing. 
But the uh, did uh, was there a, was there a pizza crafty day on any sets? I gotta say yes. Yes, it's definitely a pizza crafty day. A lot of times when we have to shoot with food, we'll get like a whole bunch of stuff from the restaurant, and then after we shoot, everybody can eat whatever they want. We'll just get like tons of pizzas and pastas and, it, and everything. Can I say is it Cane Rosso? Is that what it is? Uh, Cane Rosso, yeah. Cane Rosso. I believe it's Italian for red dog, like Vishla, oh. because my family runs a nonprofit dog rescue, so we get a lot of like Vishlas and pointers and everything. I, I read about that, and you guys do, I guess, a couple of events every year and bring people in, and they bring their dogs, and uh, the money you guys raise also goes to help other uh, animal rescues too. Yeah, it's such an amazing center, and there are so many great people working there, and it's you know, Texas are a lot of like discarded hunter dogs and things like that. So it's, I mean, their stories are heartbreaking and it just seeing their little faces get, seeing them go from like, you know, being heartbroken and scared to being these lovely, these lovable little dogs are so sweet. And I hate going into shelters because I got to tell you, these, these, these dogs and cats too, they just want to be loved. They really do, and and some of them are just, are just so frightened. Um, and uh, you hope for the best. You hope that they had adopted. But what you guys are doing is uh, phenomenal. Um, so you're kind of like you know doing everything together, making movies, making pizza, and making uh, life better for for dogs. And you've got I, I want to say eight dogs yourself. Yeah, we have eight dogs. We started out with three, and my mom was like, "This is too many." But then you know we'll. <laughs> And we'll foster them and we're like but we can't say goodbye you know they're all they are so sweet they really do just want to be loved and so we just got a puppy who Aww. is one of the sweetest little babies i have ever met she can like jump over gates and we'll just come to hug you Ugh. and bella um eight dogs on the boat or no <laughs> No, not quite. I have a little Maltese called Chai and then a duck called Heather that sits on the back of the boat. Oh, my. Do they get along? Yeah, she's very... uh, Well, I don't think Chai really knows she's there. Heather just sort of chills out there. We give her water and she hangs out. She's been there all day today. She's uh, she quacks at me when I whenever she's swimming and I and I see her and uh, she's I call I consider her my other pet. Okay, so 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 anyway, our, our cameras are on here, and Ella's smiling. Ella, it's dog rescue, not duck rescue. I want She's... a duck. That is so. <laughs> I literally want a duck so bad. I was saying that the other day. I want a duck or an otter. I was slowly seeing if I could pet Helen the other day, and she almost let me, and then she she freaked out at the last second. So I said, okay, okay, it's okay. But I was going very slowly and she sort of was okay. And then she suddenly went, no, 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 change your mind. So I was like, okay, I'm working up to her trusting me enough for me to be able to give her love. And then hopefully she'll come and give me hugs one day. Do you get any yeah. geese, any geese down there at all, uh, Bella? Not that I've seen, just yeah. lots of ducks, which I, in all honesty, I don't know why I didn't connect the ducks would swim in salt water. I just think I'd never really seen it. Yeah. But like, I guess because it's the harbor, it's not very wavy. They can sort of, they can sort of just hang out around here. That's why we leave. We give them fresh water in a big vase at the back of the boat so they have something to drink. So, but, uh, yes, they just hang out around here. So if you ever go to Six Flags Magic Mountain, uh, it is true that, that geese from Canada, they do fly south for the winter. They do fly south. And they end up at Six Flags. And you will literally, <laughs> you will see families and families of geese 
just walking through the park, babies and the whole thing. It's an amazing. Oh. It's amazing. We used to, in England, we used to have lots of geese and, and swans when, when I lived there. And I think there are probably still as many, but, you know, climate change, things happen. Right. But uh, there were geese and swans. And I actually have a friend who's terrified of swans because they attacked her one time because they're very violent animals. They are. And again, guys, this is not geese talk or goose talk or swan talk. Uh, we're, here, <laughs> we're here with um, Ella West Cheerier. And Ella, uh, of all the uh, films you've done, um, they've a lot of, I mean, they've, they've been noticed. That's got to be quite a feeling for you to be recognized uh, on the film, the film festival circuit. Oh my goodness. So I didn't expect anybody to see it. I was just thinking, oh, maybe a few of my friends will watch it. And I wasn't even going to submit it to any festivals originally, but I actually sent it off to the casting director from Terror in the Woods, and she was like, you should submit this. I was like, oh, might as well. It can't hurt. And I mean, the feedback was crazy. You know, it's a little overwhelming. It's so scary to share your work for the first time because it's sure. so personal and you're so afraid. But I mean, it's honestly been such a great experience for me so far. And I wasn't even expecting the second one to hear anything and it's done so great and oh I'm so sad. Um my first one, uh What Are You Waiting For? was supposed to play at the Chinese theater for dancers with film or dancing with films. Oh, wow. uh, I think that's the name. But because of COVID, uh it got put online. So we're hoping that it'll get to go next year. I hope so, yeah, for sure. And uh my next question, I know there's no questions, but I know Ella, I know Bella wants to ask this as well. When you see yourself on screen, when you see yourself acting, what is your emotion when you when you see yourself? Are you able to watch and not go, you know, or, or how is I it? get very squeamish. I mean, honestly, when you're watching it, your own film, you're like, oh, I should have done that differently. Oh, I should have done that differently. But it's you learn so much from that. My second one that I'm in, it took me so long to watch that first draft because I was like, oh, no, I have to look at myself act. I get very squeamish. Trust me, it doesn't get any better. I've been doing this for almost 15 years. It doesn't get any better. It's still as awkward watching yourself act as it was when I was four. It's so funny because it's like in person, it's not awkward at all. It's just watching it back. I'm like, ah. Well, Tara. I know, right? It's like. The only time I really enjoy watching myself act is when it was a role that I really put lots of effort into because I'm curious to see how it came out. Uh, or if it's something I was only a small role in because then I'm not really watching myself. But anything that uh, I'm slightly cringeworthy, I go, nope, nope, not watching it. Well, yep. well, terror in the woods. I mean, when you're there shooting that, shooting that stabbing scene, I, your adrenaline must be just like through the roof, I gotta think. Yeah, that was a really hard day. I remember... We were pretty good because we were all, we could be pretty goofy, like, on most of the scenes and then, like, sort of snap into it. But I know on the day of the stabbing, like, crew was told, like, not really to talk to us and sort of let us get into it. And so that was, like, about eight hours of being in that, like, really tough mental state and crying. And I remember seeing all my co-stars, like, on the ground of the wood and there's blood and it's very heavy. And I almost don't really remember it yeah. but i remember the energy and like the blood pumping in my ears and like it's scary in the moment you know when you really get into it so a few of those scenes i remember you feel proud after yeah. you know that you were able to pull out of it but in the moment it's just one of it's so hard 
Well, you you pulled it off. And like that's a- uh, that's one of the things that people who aren't performers don't really understand is that a how long it takes to come out of a role that is that emotionally draining on you. B, how long it will take to get into that and also see what it's like being on set and filming those things. The movie I shot at Christmas was uh, about a, a couple of incredibly heavy subjects and having to sort of go two, three days at a time with with just entire days of, of dealing with those emotions that were showing up and, and really being part of this character because it was towards the end of the shoot and so I had been this character for so long. And it's it's exhausting. It, it's draining. You You go home and you have this feeling of, okay, no, it's okay, I can go back to being Isabella now. This isn't my feeling, this is what I had to project as a character to bring them to life. But so many people don't realise how much of a toll it takes. And I think that's why you'll see some actors who have been in incredibly heavy projects during the beginning of their career might retire early or suddenly move to comedy because doing that your entire life is just exhausting. Yeah, because like you sort of have to keep in the character's mental state and you have to continuously... like feed into that emotion to stay because especially for the stabbing scene because I know I I ended up having like a panic attack that was sort of what was written and so I was hyperventilating and crying but it's super hard to keep that breathing and even after a while like the tears stopped coming so I remember like content mm-hmm. trying to dig and dig and dig but in the end I remember being so proud of how it came out I mean none of my friends yeah, could cry having seen but <laughs> really happy well, the crying part of acting is, is tough especially when you're on days where you do have to cry for multiple hours because at one point you're right they do just stop showing up and you're like well there's nothing left i can't cry anymore or you drink way too much water and then you have to use the bathroom every 10 yeah. minutes so there's a line of like one of my favorite things when i'm working with the director very closely is i'll say hey when we get to this scene where i have to have tears pouring down my face can we shoot it second well the first take for me to to really get into what's going on and really perfect it and then the second take on my close-up so you can really get those tears you want because a lot of time it's 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 not from a lack of skill of acting your your eyes will dry up it's just fat <laughs> yeah they just dry out there's only so much digging you can do before your eyes just dry out mm-hmm. and, and again your mom and dad are with you on set too, so that helps as well to get through all that. And again, you did a phenomenal job in that. Everything you're, everything you're in, I mean, amazing, just amazing. Terror in the Woods again, uh, definitely not a family-friendly film, <laughs> but uh, no. all the same, a great, uh, great twist on the uh, Slenderman stabbings uh, in Wisconsin, and again, a whole other angle, and it works. Uh, the characters works. Uh, you and Sophie Grace were fantastic together. And uh, I'd love to have her on the show, too. She's she's amazing. Um, oh, she's incredible. And uh, she's the lead in the Babysitter's Club right now. She's We're still really good friends. She's so amazing. So what's next for you? Obviously, you're, you're still making movies. Do you have, like, a pile of scripts you've already written? And it's yeah, like- right now I've got two scripts that I'm working on, a documentary and a mockumentary. And I actually just found out I got into film school out in California. So that's so exciting. That's amazing. When do you That's be- amazing. When is that going to start? That will be, oh, I, I don't know, the beginning of the school year next year. So, you know, we are just sort of getting everything ready. So will that be like... So a- 2022 school year or end of this year? Uh, Next, 2022. Oh, my God, that's okay, cool. Can't believe it's <laughs> one. So are you coming to California with that or are you doing courses at home? 
I think we'll be out in California. You know, so much is like unsure in this COVID times, but we're hoping things will get better. That's amazing because because Isabella's in Orange County, so you guys can hang out for sure. Okay. I'm yeah. uh, I'm I'm just slightly north of Orange County. I'm in South Bay. So yeah, you're right there. You can, uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure that if you if you oh someone's got a call. Who's that? That's probably Bella. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure Bella would love, mm. love to be one of your movies. So think about that, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Anything you need when you're out here, you just let me know. We'll have to exchange awesome. numbers. I'll follow you on Instagram, and then we can exchange numbers. Perfect. When, Thanks. When you're not acting, dancing, making movies, what have you, what do you do? What, what, are, your, what are your pastimes? What do you like doing? I like to scooter. Like I said before, uh-huh. you know, I don't know. I find so much fun in scootering. I just like being around my friends and sort of, you know, socializing and sort of getting those experiences so I can write them and act them. Now, your dad, Jay Jerrier, I understand he named a pizza after you? Yes, he has one for all of us in our family. My mom's pizza got taken off because nobody was buying it. So oh. I think that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, <laughs> that's amazing. So what is, what is your pizza? Uh, my pizza is spicy, I think. It's got, like, soprasada and honey and that sort of stuff. I get uh, what I call the Ella off the menu, and it's just bread and cheese because I don't like anything extra on my pizza. Really? So just very basic. Very basic. I just like bread and cheese. I love the garbage pizzas. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Like, pineapple on pizza. Uh, Isabella, that's totally okay. I think. I'm a, I'm allergic to pineapple, so really? I can't have it. Oh no! Oh, that's not good. I know. I used to love pineapple on pizza as well, and then I discovered that in fact, no, it's not supposed to make your tongue feel like that. No. So uh, that was a, a hard learning curve. So again, a uh, a wonderful um, a wonderful backstory. Um, Ella, we're out of time. We went over, and um, you're you're an amazing amazing presence and an inspiration to uh, young women who want to do what you're doing, whether it's in front or behind the camera. And uh, even riding scooters, that's cool too. But, uh, <laughs> you've got the uh, you've got the bug there. And you got uh, software for, your, for writing the scripts as well? Yeah, I use uh, Final Draft. All righty. Isabella, Final Draft? Isabella? Yes, sorry, my phone decided to oh. give up on me. Yes, I love Final Draft. <laughs> That's the tools of the trade. And uh, again, looking forward to seeing more from you. And uh, certainly start reinforcing that award shelf because the awards will come, I'm sure. It's, oh. And uh, it's going to be exciting. How can they follow you on uh, on social media? I'm on Instagram at Official. And I believe my Twitter is the same thing. But most of my stuff would be on Instagram. And then Girl Boss Films is also on Instagram. And you're on Twitter as well. I know that. And then uh, your website? Ooh, I think my website is in my bio on okay. Instagram. Very good. And uh, we'll be sure to uh, have you back on again. I can't wait. And um, your films, are they readily available to, online to watch or – Kind of search yes, one. my first one is up on YouTube. What are you waiting for? And then 
The waiting room is running the circuit, the festival circuit, so that'll be released pretty soon. And then my third one's in editing. All right. Looking forward to it. A wonderful Amazing. a wonderful guest, actress, dancer, filmmaker, uh, crafty organizer, <laughs> uh, casting agent, location scout. She does it all. Ella West, Jerry Air, I thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I had so much fun. Don't go away just yet. Isabella, we're not done with you. <laughs> <laughs> I you, am still here. And you've got stuff coming up as well. Uh, new projects as well. How can they follow you? Uh, my Instagram is Isabella underscore B for Blake underscore T for Thomas, as is my Twitter. My Facebook is just Isabella Blake Thomas. And my website is actually Mother and Daughter Ent, E-N-T, dot com, which is my production company. We sort of merged our personal websites with that. So you can find all the information about me and uh, my production company on there. Or if you really want to know about the projects I'm doing, check out my IMDb. Outstanding. Wow, what a show. <laughs> Ella West, Jerry Ayer, Isabella Blake Thomas, I thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Mike, for having us. This yes, is a, so much fun. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at Conversations Radio. This is Conversations Radio. So long. Mm -hmm.